computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranjus McBasketball. And today we are here to talk a little bit more about. Anthony Davis uh, in lineups around Anthony Davis. And is he playing more center, which he's playing about half his time right now, which I found interesting at center. But Tim, what's up, my guy? We're here to talk, go dive a little bit deeper into one of the uh, stars of the team start to the season. Yeah, it's uh, AD needs to play more center has been a talking point forever with the Lakers. And I think it's a little bit funny that like the one time the team's actually doing it is, is the time where it seems to not have worked all that well, more on the defensive end than offensively. But I, and, and I don't have the cleaning the glass numbers in front of me, but for on basketball reference, oh, I including do. all minutes. Oh, okay. I was going to say, so B-ball reference has them at 55% at center yep. after being 40% two years ago and 10% last year. Yep. Uh, yeah. So 40%, 45% at power forward, uh, plus 1.6 differential at power forward, 55% at center minus 7.2 in the differential, which is, you know, about 8.8 difference, which is 8.8 difference and which is surprising, but you know, I don't think it is. We've been talking the first couple games about how just the fact that like it's a result of them not having wings that when they play three of Rondo Westbrook and Bazemore or some guy who's a, a guard and not a three, their mm-hmm. defense is really bad. And it doesn't matter that Anthony Davis is at center. Um, and when they play like a DeAndre Jordan or a Dwight Howard, their offense goes down, but their defense goes down more and it actually makes them a little bit more positive. So, you know, it's just kind of another like a symptom of another disease. I feel like we talked a little bit with Harrison yesterday about that. Do you think that's part of it? Or is this also like fixable with what we have? I think it can be improved, but short term before THT's back before Reese's back, I think at least defensively, the Lakers are, there's not a whole lot more they can do with this group offensively and and really the pitch for AD at center has always been an offensive thing. It's always been, you know, the defense is fine. They're going to be great. They'll be elite, but we need this offense to be more exciting, be more dynamic. And that's just kind of what we've had as our, our status quo with Frank Vogel teams with the Lakers. Now that the defense isn't quite there, we need to reweigh each of the two options and see how him playing where impacts things. So Offensively, I do think there's stuff that the team can do a little bit better. So far, um, if you so if you look at him at, at the center position, he's played a little bit more minutes. If you look at times where he's played play center and then Westbrook and Rondo have also not been in the game. So there's take out the non-guard shooter, non-shooter guards and the non-shooter bigs. Uh, that's only been eight minutes so far where it's really 80 surrounded by shooters and 80% of the shots in those eight minutes for the Lakers have been either threes or at the rim. And that's like... I think they're like one for six on the threes, but that's the kind of like process-based stuff that at least offensively is, is kind of the proof of concept. And I think they can be a little bit more creative. There's a little bit more they can do, but 80s kicking butt so far in the post this year, his individual efficiency percentile is like an 80th percentile or something like that. Um, 
And I really think it's going to come down to if this group is viable defensively or not. And, and that's going to dictate exactly how much they can do with this group. Trying to do a little quick math here, but it looks like, you know, I'm looking also at cleaning the glasses uh, lineup filter, which filters out some of the garbage time, which there has been some uh, a little bit in that Suns game. And I guess that Thunder game technically not because it was a comeback. Anyway, a lot of these lineups, Tim, are like Rondo Westbrook, uh, Rondo Monk, Mellow, uh, Westbrook Monk, Mellow with Anthony Davis at the five. Like how, how, he cannot be that good to stop three guys who can, you know, either miss a rotation, not be on the same page with a teammate, miscommunicate, or just generally let a buy go, good guy go by him one-on-one without any kind of action to, to cause an advantage. You know, yeah. all these guys have downfalls or the Rondo's gambling, trying to get a, a steal or, you know, so is again to, the pod we did yesterday that the defensive cards Frank's been given is not great, but it seems that the team is just a little bit better, a little bit more like themselves when they have someone next to Anthony Davis, at least in the first couple of games of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And it's part of it is that it's much easier to just get AD out of the play uh, as as the offensive team, if you know AD is going to be guarding the center and the center can shoot at all, or, or even if you can't shoot, like you can either space him out above the three-point line, uh, above the break, or having him set some sort of off-ball screen or in some way occupy Anthony Davis just for a second or two. And then there are dudes on in these lineups that you can just get by or will make mistakes. Um, so it's, it's much harder as a defense to be able to overcome the fact that you only have one shot blocker when you have as many breakdowns as you do. So LeBron out there, he's going to put out little fires, but that's not quite the same as like being able to code, like legitimately defend the rim the same way that AD can, or that Dwight or Deandre can once Ariza's back and you can have like LeBron Ariza AD in the same group and a base more in the same group. And you're really limited to like one poor defender let's say it's Malik Monk I think a like Bazemore point of attack Monk chaser Braun helper Ariza perimeter big AD mobile big or anchor big that's a lineup that offensively should kick butt fully spaced you can run a bunch of Braun AD stuff or just give the ball to AD and there's gonna be tons and tons of space and then defensively I think that should be a decent group so that's the kind of lineup that I'm looking for once Ariza's back, if we can get to that point. But right now it's, it's mellow and monk out there and you don't have the second shot blocker. So it's that sort of stuff is causing problems. Or when Rondo's out there, it's causing issues or Westbrook. He's been good in some areas, bad in others. So it's, it's, it's been really challenging for the team to put out a good group that on both ends, because they either or defenders and there aren't too many guys that do both from the guard yeah. and win positions. Let me throw a couple lineups and the results with you with Anthony Davis at the five. Um, AD, Mello, Austin Reeves, Russell Westbrook, Rondo, minus 46.8 and 18 possessions. Not good. Um, AD, LeBron, Bazemore, Bradley, Westbrook. No shooting on that. It's LeBron and Bazemore. And that is a minus 56.3 and 16 possessions. Not good. And here's another one. AD, Mello, Bazemore, Reeves, Rondo. Like, again, it's Mello and uh, there's a little bit better shooting, but Rondo's out there. 
minus 46.2 and 13 possessions. If you want to flip to the good end, what's made sense in what we were talking about is it putting like an Austin Reeves in for a monk in a Westbrook Reeves, LeBron mellow AD lineup plus 58.8 and 17 possessions. So there's no, they're either amazing or they're like giving up everything in these lineups. And it's so obvious which ones are working, which ones aren't. And it's just like, they're equally distributed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I mean, sample size are tiny. So course, like these, these numbers are like ludicrous right now, but, but they are loud. they're telling us too. what has happened. Yeah. The film yeah. is loud too. Right. Right. And I mean, Bazemore, LeBron, and and Reeves a little bit to a lesser extent. Those are like the three garter wing players that I like. I think I I'd say I trust. So those three, AD, and then from there you can you have that fifth guy. I would love to see like that four man group. How that four man group has done. Let me see if I can if I can pull that up. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is a group to me that I would imagine would would fare pretty well. But when you have multiple. Poor defenders, whether it be Rondo and Monk or Monk and Mello or Rondo and Mello, that that's too much. That this AD yeah. alone isn't going to be able to stop that. So let me see. So Braun, what did I say? Bazemore, Baze, Reeves, Reeves AD. AD. I don't even know if this group has played together. Let's see. They have played three minutes. Interesting. Three minutes and there are plus one in five possessions on offense and, and defense. So it's like 10 possessions, basically. Gross. So this group played three minutes with Westbrook as the fifth guy. And then they played less. They played one possession with, with DeAndre. Or no, I'm sorry, with Dwight as the fifth guy. I, th- I think I'd like to see some more Westbrook, Reeves, Bays, Braun, Davis. I think that group can work. What do you think? Um, yeah, that's, I think that was the lineup. Hold on. I just looked at one. What'd you say? Westbrook, Reeves, Bays, LeBron, Davis. Yep. Uh, I thought I saw, sorry. Uh, I can't find it anymore. Okay. There's a this, mellow this one. With, They've barely played. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's LeBron hasn't played a lot. It is interesting to see how many different lineups have possessions already for this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is quite, quite a bit. So it's hard to build some of that continuity. Um, Crazy that to me that Avery Bradley is walked off the street and become an important part of this team. It's just absolutely ridiculous that it's to that point, but it's true. Um, He hasn't been great. He's been okay, actually, but it's, it's not ideal in, in these non-shooting lineups. But they they just get roasted out there for a few minutes with Monk out there or, or Rondo. They're like we need something at the point of attack uh, off the bench, and he's brought that at least. Yeah, as long as Avery Bradley is playing good defense and hitting wide open corner threes, which is what he's getting, he's probably going to fare well. I don't want to see any more of these stupid Tom. They ran that dumb play we didn't like. Uh, <laughs> that they were in two years ago for Bradley, you and then last year for like KCP. Oh my goodness! I thought we were done. The no. like we're gonna hand it off and then run you off of like fifteen different screens around the free throw line, and Avery Bradley's gonna take a, a pull up mid range jumper. Is not like that is that should not be the first option in the play. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, uh, especially with all the different scores. I mean, Tim, I know you'd much rather see a mid-range mellow ISO over a Carmelo or over a high <laughs> I think I would, No, I know yeah. you would. That's what's <laughs> funny. Um, so how do the Lakers, is this simply fixing the right guys around NED at the five lineup, playing less of it, at least in the time being? Uh, is that, you know, just kind of a factor of all these injuries, you think? What's the short-term fix to this? The short-term fix is you can only really use this group with a couple specific sets of Lakers. And then it comes down to, can we solidify a couple minutes a game, second half of quarters, when AD is going to be at the five, where we can get Reeves out there, Braun out there, and and some of these guys, other guys out there. And I guess the issue with that is with how the Lakers play LeBron, he's not playing the second half of, well, he's, he's not playing, I guess, the final third of the first or the third quarter. So this could be a closing second quarter lineup. It could be a closing the game lineup. Um, or it might be a like middle of Q1 or Q3 type of group. And those are the times I'd love to see maybe this group just get some solid late second quarter minutes and just every single game, we're going to give this group six minutes and see what it can do. And I bet they're going to do well in those situations. And defensively, you can switch stuff when AD's at the five and the Lakers have been doing that. Uh, it's, you know, been up and down a little bit game by game, but in the most recent game, they switched them. I think it was 10 out of 12 ball screens that AD was all involved in when he was at the five and, and they fared well. That defensively is how I would approach things offensively. I, I mean, if you've got Braun out there with him or, or potentially Russ out there with him, like you can get some ball screen game working. You can just dump the ball off to AD in the post. I don't like, or I'll say that so far the Lakers haven't been too successful when they're trying to run these cross screens for AD where like he's standing at the left block and they have a guy run over from the right block screen on his man for him to try to come to the right block and catch the ball. He almost always catches the ball like the three point line instead. Cause, cause the defense is overplaying it. They know it's coming. It's very slow. It's very predictable. Instead of that, it's much easier to get low post entries when AD is the screener for somebody else at first. Because then his man, instead of being able to overplay him and like front him in the post or something, they have to do something. They have to pay attention to someone else. So running a flex cut or or something where AD is setting a screen where where he's standing in the paint or at the block, that is the type of situation that then you immediately throw him a post entry. Um, So I would love to see more of that to get him low post post position because when he's down there, he's been doing pretty well. Um, And then once he's down there, getting some more action off ball. We've talked about in the past, won't dig into it super deep today, but if they double from the high side, you know, cut. If they double from the baseline or the weak side, set those pin and flare screens. And we've seen that here and there, just not consistently. Uh, But if they can get more of that going and and Vogel has talked about that's something they're working on or they will be working on, that'll be really helpful. And then I think split cuts are another thing this team can turn to a lot more when they dump the ball into AD in a more proactive way to prevent help defense rather than a reactive way. Um, So like get in the ball, we'll say LeBron goes and sets a screen for Malik Monk or an Austin Reeves or once Ellington's back and Wayne Ellington. These are guys who they can catch and shoot with their footwork the right way and hit these shots. It wasn't that way with Caruso last year. KCP struggled with it at times. Wayne Ellington's great at this. Monk's great at this. You can get them catching off of some motion. And then if the defense switches that action, LeBron has inside position on his new defender and then he slips to the rim. So that sort of stuff with shooters weak side, 
should generate a lot of high quality looks. And I would love to see the Lakers go to that. And whether you get a good shot from it or not, what it's going to mean is the defenders involved in that action won't be helping on AD. They're going to be defending what they're defending. So if AD, you know, we call out a split cut and then AD just goes to work and ignores it, it, it's still helping you because that way the defense isn't there. The extra defense isn't there. So whether he lets it play out and then if nothing's there, he goes 1v1 or he passes to it or he goes 1v1 while it's happening, any of those three options should yield better offense than just standing around with him in the post. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, at least he's been a little bit better, it seems like, uh, not turning the ball over. He's gotten a couple yeah. nice skip passes, but they're just kind of strong side zoning him, not really like hard doubling. You know what I mean? Like they'll throw yep. a guy underneath him at the the block, but that he'll just turn around and take the mid range. Like, so for context, right? 1920, 41% of 80 shots were in the mid range last year that went up partly because his shots at the rim went down. Right. So 42% in 1920 at the rim, 32% at the rim and last Ooh. year, and he shot up to 53% in the mid last year. So he's sacrificing getting to the rim for taking more mid range shots which is not great. He's not a great mid-ranger as we've, shot, as we've talked about. His getting to the rim percentage has gone up so far this year, back to 42%. And the mid-range has kind of split the difference. It's still, it's up from 1920, but it's less than half of his shots now at 47%. Um, <laughs> and he's taking less, fewer threes than he has since 1718 uh, as a percentage of his shots. So, I mean, again, this is all small sample. This is not very like exactly what it's going to look like. This is 
just giving us a, you know, marrying that with the eye test him that you're talking about that he has been getting to the rim better. And I do think part of that is a product of Russell Westbrook able to get him the ball from different angles and, um, and set him up a little bit easier over the top. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm looking at his synergy post up data and six of his, uh, 16 shots in the post so far have been jump shots, which seems low to me. That seems mm. lower than what it's been. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with him hitting hook shots or, or getting to the rim, attacking the rim. Whenever that defense is sending that, uh, like you said, that strong side zone, they're not trapping him hard. They're not trying to force a turnover. They're more just deterring him from getting to the rim. And if you just let everybody stand around, you don't try to take advantage of that with those weak side pin and flare screens or anything. He's going to take a, a mid-range jump shot that's going to be contested. His man's there. And maybe it'll go in. A lot of times it's not a high-value shot. For certain periods of time or certain games or certain weeks when he's feeling it, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just like, you know, what you done, did on defense doesn't matter. 80's great. But over the full course of a season, that is not been who he is so you want to be more proactive about that and i'm pleased and you mentioned like russ getting him the ball in different ways i've been happier with some of the post entries we've seen him get um last from last year to this year i think the having rondo back and then having westbrook in there they're getting him the ball in better positions they're feeding him better they're just the placement on balls they're passing to him is better than it was last year in a way where he doesn't have to concede position that he's carved out in order to go chase a bad pass. And it's not like it would have been a turnover, but the, the, the accuracy is good. It's the, the placement wasn't where it needed to be. So better post entries, him getting better position has resulted in, in him being more aggressive. And, and I'm really happy to see that so far. So this is the type of AD as a post score that the Lakers need. And uh, you know, so many things this year so far haven't been working out well, but this is one of those areas that's working out pretty well so far. And I'm, and I'm really happy with that. Um, yeah. So far, it's looked better. Uh, what do you see with his so his free throws and his three? Uh, his three has not looked great. He's taken them with confidence, but trying to sort of dropped off of the last few games. Feels like he's only taken a couple. Um, and then again, his free throws struggling again, seventy two percent. Is this cause for concern? I know a lot of times people like to link those kind of how is your form looking? How are you shooting overall in your you know, just your technical ability. So anything you're seeing from that perspective? I'll start with the free throws. He, if the season were to finish right now, he would have a career low free throw percentage right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not all that much lower than it was last year, but it's a good bit lower than the about 80% free throw shooter he's been over his career as a whole. So that's not something I'm too worried about it it'll only be a thing if it just keeps happening but odds are it'll get better um what i'm pleased with is the fact that he's getting 7.6 free throw attempts a game up about a shot and a half from last year so that to me is encouraging because even if you're shooting 74 percent or 73 percent on free throws that's good offense so whether it's it's good or great free throw shooting like I'm okay with that. If he were shooting 50%, it'd be a different story, but he's shooting well enough that I'm not uber concerned. And I I'm just more happy with his aggressiveness. And I'm pleased that he's not letting that lack of performance with those free throws cause him to be less aggressive getting to the rim. 
Now with the threes, it's been like really bad. It would also be a, a career. Well, no, not quite a career low. He uh, way, way back when he was shooting 0.1 or 0.2 per game, you know, was hitting 8% of them or 0% of them his rookie year. He's at 14% right now, I believe. And that's on three times a game, which is the same as it was last season. Um, so I'm happy to see same three-point attempts per game, but higher free throws a game. That's that's encouraging to me. I don't think he's all that great of a three-point uh, three shooter. He needs to be someone that's catching and shooting open threes like a, a Marcus Allwood or like an Avery Bradley is or, or some of these other guys that like you need to know that you're not a 38% free throw or three-point shooter and, and take the easy ones. And if you don't have the easy one, go run a dribble handoff or go go give it to somebody and then post it up. Um, I just don't want to see him forcing them or taking him super early in the shot clock. Cause it's just, it's not his game. It's not him at his best. He had that one good three point shooting season on the title team. Other than that, it hasn't been encouraging. So that's just another place where like, if you can fine tune 80s tendencies, he can be a much more effective basketball player. And, and part of that's just up to him. He is uh two for 14 from three on the season, mm. uh, which is not great. Not, not great. great. Small sample, but yeah. we, we don't think he's going to be a good three-point shooter. So it's not like I'm not all that surprised. He's probably only a couple shots underneath what the, the percentage he'll end up with for the rest of the season. Um, how about this, Tim? We're talking lineups. I found this interesting. The Anthony Davis, Carmelo, Bazemore, Monk, Westbrook combination. Go figure. Spacing. I know the defense is suffering with Melo and Monk on the court at least, but 29 possessions. And 50% of their shots are coming at the rim. I like that. 50%. That's good. That's something that you can build on and being a great offense. And hopefully you can be a little bit better than your bad defense. But yeah, we talked a little with Harrison. I don't really see them leaning into one way or the other right now, kind of splitting the difference. And it's not looking good on either sides of the ball. Um I guess we'll real quick just go to Anthony Davis's defense um, at the different positions of what you've seen. I like mentioned with Harrison, I don't think I've seen him as much as a weak side defender uh, as much as I thought, I guess he is kind of battling this ankle injury right now. Um, so or knee knee bump, whatever it was, uh, what, what do you see from AD's defense lately? I, I think he's active. I don't know that he's flying around all over the place like we're used to seeing. And and I think part of that is when the perimeter defense is better, like when it was better last year, if Caruso or KCP were to get like driven past, they weren't like, like we weren't seeing like clean blow bys to the point where the rotating big man had like half a second to get over there. It was like, we're going to ride him. We're going to make this tough. And then while you're already dealing with that back pressure, Oh, here comes AD and you're in trouble. And that's what it looked like two years ago. Whereas this year we're seeing some just like coverage is blown or, or individual assignments blown to the point where like he doesn't have a shot at a block. So I think he's being active. He's certainly mixing it up with uh, rebounds. He has more rebounds than he did either the past two seasons on a per game basis overall. And then and defensively, uh, his offensive rebounds per game have, have like tripled almost uh, from last season. So actually, yeah, more than tripled from last season, 4.2 per game instead of 1.7. So that's nice. Uh, defensive rebounds are, are up. And his blocks, what was it? your prediction was what? Three blocks a game? Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. He's at 2.4 right now, which is still almost a full block per game above what he was last season. 
it's kind of, it's a little bit above his career average. I don't know that we're going to see him get to three. I don't know. Do you you think this is like a lineup thing or is it like a AD isn't quite himself? No, I think he's doing still a lot on offense and, you know, it's just, I expected the, the Lakers, if they want, can choose to go a little bit away from the Anthony Davis in the post offense if they wanted to and kind of save him for uh, hard roll, rim rolls and, and you know, attacking in the dunker spot and, and just kind of, I guess, maybe you put, get in the post to create a double and then kick it out that on a, on a plan, you know, with mm-hmm. something on the weak side. That's not really how they play, though. Hopefully we see it. But I think it's a lot of the offensive you know, role now, especially with LeBron being out, falling on his shoulders. Yeah, he's having to do a little bit more offensively. That's probably taking a little bit of uh, energy out of that stamina bar that you like to talk about on the defensive end. And and I think that's just a natural thing we're probably seeing. He's playing big minutes. This team's had an overtime game. They're playing some back-to-backs super early yet again. So I'm not all that concerned, but I'm, I'm pleased with a lot of what we've seen from him. And as the better defenders get healthier and as this team's fielding better lineups we're going to see the team success go up and i think we're going to start to see ad accrue even more of these counting stats as well when defenses have to take shots later in the shot clock that they normally wouldn't want to take um or they're you know having to battle to get by tht and he's got that long arm back pressure and then oh there's ad i didn't notice him like that sort of stuff i think will come in time I don't feel very good about my AD defensive player of the year uh, prediction right now, but I think it's more on the team (laughs) than it is on him. Um, He would just have to be putting up some crazy numbers right now. So uh, he's doing well. And the fact that he's switching more when he is playing center is going to take him away from blocking shots and it's going to take him away from getting rebounds. So that's another important thing to consider. And we'll have to evaluate how his perimeter defense is looking over time. And I was actually surprised there were times against... Gosh, I think even against OKC with with SGA, where like the Lakers were sending a double team when AD was guarding a guard, um, and and I know they did the same thing against Memphis. I think right. I think he played in both. I, I think I'm remembering the right games. Where like I was just surprised to see them try to bring him help. I thought they would just say, "All right, AD, you're on an island. Go make a play. We're not going to give the defense. We're not going to give the offense a four on three to pass to." And and they they opted to send the extra man. So that was a little bit puzzling to me. He's not the type of person you like send a double and then scram out of the way you might with like Dwight or DeAndre. Um, but just another thing to note, you know, yeah. as we're evaluating, you know, as if he's switching more, we want to see him performing well in those switches. And if they're needing to send doubles, then that's, it takes a little bit of the shine off of, of what the Lakers are doing with that. Yeah. Some of the advantage of having a guy like that on defense. Um, no, their defense has been concerning. It's not just, you know, who's available. It's kind of a little bit of these, and it's going to take time for some of these guys just to learn Frank's scheme. You know, that's why I was talking to you the other day about the continuity that's there with Bradley and Rondo and Dwight. There's actually a little bit more than I think we had planned to originally have, especially with Rondo and, and Bradley becoming available late in the process for this, you know, the team composition. It, just kind of became that way with some of these injuries, but that's what we're seeing out there. That's why Bradley's getting more minutes off the street, you know, one day on the warriors and waivers and the next playing for us. And, and I'll say this, LeBron's health is important to this team in so many ways. One of the ways that we've talked a little bit less about is more Braun enables the Lakers to play less Rondo. 
when mm-hmm. Bronny isn't out there, you have to have that second guy that can like actually play make. And I don't know that they're running sets frequently enough or trust Malik Monk is, is the other guy. Cause none's not playing. Um, if Ron's not out there, like that, that means we're going to see more Rondo and Rondo in a lot of these lineups doesn't all, look all that good. It's not what we yeah. want to see. And it also means like if Bron's out, Rondo's out there in eighties at the five, that means Melo's playing power forward. And that's not, so then you've got at least two defenders you're worried about in that grouping. So Bron back, you see a little bit less Melo. We don't have to see Rondo potentially at all. Um, and we've seen that for, for individual games, but if we can see more Bradley, more Reeves with LeBron in, in those 80 at the center lineups, I think we're just naturally going to see more success. And even if a group isn't winning, it's not going to be like a minus 50 net rating. It's going to be like a minus 10 net rating potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Lakers are at the point where they need to just, you know, close the floodgates with some of these groupings, even if they're not going to win every, every set of minutes and every grouping of players until like, like 80 small ball may not dominate or be what we want it to be until THT and a reserve back, but it needs to be better than it is right now. And I think that's a big piece to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a little bit of a, you know, overview of AD's game so far this season. Maybe we can do some of these shorter pods, Tim, uh, talking about individual players. Maybe it's a little bit more evergreen for fans. Don't feel they have to like listen before or after the game or feel like a pod is, is gotten old. Uh, I will encourage everyone to go listen to the Austin Reeves pod again. If you haven't, it's really good insight from him. Tim asked a lot of in-depth basketball questions. I'm over here asking like what he's going to do in the hotel room when <laughs> New Orleans on game 42, whatever. But it was a fun interview. Really, really excited for that guy. And he's been really important for this team and probably would like to see him get more like 25 minutes than 17 or whatever he got last game. Yeah, he's a great player, and you could see that IQ. Uh, oh yeah, really, really show through in in how he was answering some of the questions. So go check that out if you haven't already. I'm uh, already working some agent connections to see if we can get some Ooh. some more Lakers on the pod. Uh, we we send it, you know. So so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, what we will have are those those songs we talked about on the last pod. So keep an eye out for that. Oh my goodness! Uh, maybe, maybe we can't get you LeBron, but maybe we'll get you you know a rewrite of a, a Disney song or something. So till next time, we'll come back after this weekend after some of these games and uh, try and break down. Hopefully, Lakers get a little bit of a uh, juice going. So talk to y'all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.